when we last left off, our outlaws were in the midst of an escort mission. An intense, pack, action-packed episode where they met the famed alchemist Vashon Gattleby, inventor of pyronite, a, a very explosive subject, a substance that threatens to turn the entire city of Alkenstar and its black powder on its head. With every criminal and government agent seeking to get their hands on the formula, our crew of outlaws was recruited by a Phoebe Dunsmith to meet and escort Gattleby from his residence to their secret base at the Barrel and Bullet Saloon. And on the way, you guys were ambushed by a gang of arsonist, weirdo, crazy people named the Powder Keg Punks. But you miraculously were able to defend. And in an ensuing crazy chase across the streets of Alkenstar, we arrive safely at the one detour that Gattleby made part of his promise to come. The Yeast of All Brewery. Where, waiting for you and him, an angry dwarven woman scowling in his direction, Gattleby sheepishly asking for a minute as he slinks off towards the mysterious woman. And that's where our camera fades in, outside the Yusuval Brewery, which we did the previous day. Come check out, break into, evict some squatters, and already have secured it for the most part. But I think that's everything that's happened in the last few episodes that is relevant for tonight's session. So, as Gattleby kind of stumbles his way, you can see he's got a bit of a uh, swagger in his step. You can see he's putting on a bit of a bravado, like a little personality switch as he kind of like saunters over to this woman. Which I will then also share the uh, artwork again with all of you so you can see what she looks like the window for our audience to see is uh is your friend there uh, in trouble anita miss mendoza excuse me um, i don't know I've, I've never really seen this woman before is her face always scrunched up like that because she looks really well she's pissed off i mean everyone's a little bit pissed off at Gattleby, so that's kind of normal. But I feel there's something more with this one. Maybe we give him a space. Yeah. She's standing there with her arms, like, cross her body language is very cold as she scowls in Gattleby's direction. And Gattleby, you know, Veshawn kind of gets over towards her and his hand kind of goes out and it's in this weird half thing where he's, like, almost half-hugging or going out for, like, a handshake at the same time. And he doesn't really know what to do in that moment. Oh, buddy. So I guess as that's happening, could I maybe perception the, the new person to make sure they're not like concealing a pistol and about to shoot this man? You're so paranoid, Saruk. But yes, yeah. <laughs> feel free to give me a perception check if you can see if she's about to shake or get <laughs> Or I had to tie this guy to his own robot. I don't want him to die. Yes. No, that is that is a fair thing to go ahead and do. Uh, 
But wouldn't you know it, I've done rolled question marks again. Question marks it is. Question marks is always a good roll. Question marks. Um, oh, that actually reminds me one thing I have to do before we get going is the plot armor is no longer active for Saruk or for Reficule. Somebody better oh. give me plot armor in chat with... I need 5,000 play coins for plot armor. Isn't that just a permanent <laughs> bonus for like all characters, no matter what campaign we're playing? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, with your perception, you look over her... The way that her arms are crossed, you don't see any any weapons or any sign of weapons on her. You get the impression it's it's more of a it's like a lover's oral type situation, not a I'm gonna shank you situation. She looks more like sick to her stomach than angry. I'm gonna kill you. You don't think she's about to do anything before you be. I mean, this is Alchemstar though, so a lover's quarrel turning into a shankin is not that uncommon. I once knew an Ifrit Cavalier by the name of the Molten Cowboy. His relationship dynamics were not healthy. It's good to see it's better than that. With that event, it's just gonna like find a place to sit somewhere out of their way so they can figure it out. Of course, yeah. So you see, like, as he does that half handshake, half hug thing, she doesn't even like move to like accept it or reciprocate. She literally just kind of like looks up and her gaze in her already mean mug face sharpens just enough that like Gallaby almost recoils from the look. She steps in, you know, like takes one step closer to him and like leans her head up, like almost on her tippy toes and Gallaby sort of brings his head down. You can see her like whispering something into his ear, just a few words. And as she does, you see she takes something Saruk, this is where maybe there's a moment of panic. Her hand comes out from her body, and you can see she has something concealed in the palm of her hand. And she starts moving it towards the Gattleby. Okay. Uh... Your previous assessment was that she doesn't have any weapon, but she does have something that fits in the palm of her hand, and she's making a movement to do something. Do you want to tackle this lady? <laughs> well now yes <laughs> now that that thought's went now I think Sarook is just gonna like is there a change in her facial expression does she look like she's about to do something over the top no her demeanor hasn't changed too much I think after whatever she whispered to Gattleby his expression you can see almost like he starts his cheek reddens a bit like he's blushing Sarook will just idly go back to cleaning the, the gun part of the multi-pistol yeah, and so her hand comes up and kind of connects his hands, and their hands, like, touch for just a minute, and she puts something, like, into his hand, and there's a moment where she drops it, and her hand kind of brushes against the top of his for just a moment, and it feels like it lingers a little longer than maybe it had to, and then she immediately, like, turns and just kind of glares a little bit in your guys' direction and takes off just down the street, walks away, and she's gone. Like she's walking away. She's not gone. She's just walking off into the distance. And Gattleby is just watching her go, and his cheek is reddened, and he's kind of like his one hand, the hand that like had touched her, uh, is clutching something, and his other hand is just kind of watching her go as he feels his own cheek. As he watches her, he turns and looks in your guys' direction, and you can see he like lets fall out of his palm and holds. He has a key ring with a couple of keys on it. And he's holding the key ring and kind of jingles it in your guys' direction. 
Do you have what you needed then? A bolt, sorta. Uh, we gotta get in there. She told me where she left it. And he kind of turns and starts fumbling with the key and like going to the front door and like unlocking the front door. Is there any sign of the the punks uh, from behind us? Give me a perception check. Perception. All right. What exactly was it? Yeah, we went through that place with a fine tooth, fine tooth comb. We, we really did. Be in there. Is he looking for some sand or something? I mean, there's a whole shit ton outside the city. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, let's. What? Oh, I saw it. That's fine. That's fine. You take a look up and down the street, and you can still see a bit of the smoke where the the fire, you know, that you just ran through was uh, raging in the distance. And as you look that way, back and forth, uh, you feel pretty secure that there's no powder kick punks in the immediate vicinity. But knowing that you only had a like a, you had a lead on them, but it's not impossible, and you're kind of exposed to here in the street, it probably be a good idea to get off the street into the brewery in case they did come by looking for you. But nothing immediately threatening. So to Saruk, right, you asked like what it was and he's like, it's more sentimental than what you would call riches. And he's got the front door, clicks it open, opens the front door and just says, after you, she says she left it in cold storage. I don't know what else we'll find. I mean, no one's been here for months. Except for, I guess, you yesterday when you told me you broke in and brought my robot over there. And he wasn't too happy that you stole her property. Anyways, get in, get in, get in. So I feel like I'm missing as I'm walking in. So much context. Are you all used to own this place? <clears throat> Once upon a time. What happened? This was, this was our, uh, this was our vacation home, our... I guess what you would call our retirement plan. And, uh, well. She your wife. That was sort of the plan and sort of why we're here. And you guys kind of all get in and he like closes the door behind you and kind of leads you through as you're kind of asking questions. And look, I, you're a nice bunch and all, but, uh, I don't fucking know you. You really care about my business? I do, but if you feel that way, I won't pry. I care enough that uh, we risked our life and limb to get you here over something sentimental, you say. And you try to run when things got uh, a little bit hairy. So yeah, I care enough to hear your fucking story. Enough so I don't shoot you myself. Ruffy. Just saying. I mean, just kind of right. His eye, like, twitches. And you you see now, right? His eyes are, like, looking at you. He's avoided eye contact with most of the day, Rafi. Like, he has tried to keep his distance and, and physically avert his gaze from you. And when you talk, when you like, threaten shooting him, his eyes, like, go to your sort of pistol, like, tucked in your belt. And you see him, like, eyeing it. And he looks back at you and he looks at the group. He's not going to shoot you. I won't let him shoot you. But he has a point... We have gone through a appreciable amount. Please, if you would be willing. I wanted nothing more than to settle down. To give up the academic life. Turn my attention towards this brewery here. And he like motions generally at the outside. Like the whole brewery. You know, the foundational chemistry behind the brewing of explosives and the brewing of ale or other drinks are more overlap than you might expect. It's just science after all. 
I always had this this nagging dream in the back of my head. Something that, since I was a child, never could let go. And it's all about that blasted stuff right there. And he points at Refugil's waist. The black powder. Disgusting, terrible, dangerous stuff. I hate it. It took my father from me when I was little. And I vowed to come up with a better solution. Something that won't hurt and kill and be so... How's that going? Need to speak up a little bit. Can't hear you. Sorry. How's that going for you so far, Professor? Well, I mean, you saw the demonstration, didn't you? Pyronize the future. But it sounds like it's it goes against everything that you just said. Not accident prone, not gonna hurt anyone. You essentially made something more powerful than the black powder. And more powerful, yes, but safer, controllable, stable. But what's the purpose of it? What you made it for? What do you mean? What did you make it for? You don't like black powder because it hurts people, so... You made something that's better, more efficient, safer than that one. But for what? The energy that we produce with the chemical reaction is magnitudes more than that black powder bullshit over there. This is this is the evolution. I mean, what do you do with it? What don't you do with it? Uh, imagine Pyronate-powered trains and airships and uh, factories and steamboats. I mean, the possibilities... That's not my job. I'm just... I just want to put it in the world and make it safer so no other little boy loses their father to a black powder explosion. Is that so much to ask? No, I understand that, Professor, but at the core of the Pyronite, it's combustible. Like, it, just from your presentation alone, like, it, it explodes unless... Have you figured out how to enhance or at least, like, control it a little better so that it... People don't use it as a weapon. That's why people are chasing you in the first place. Indeed, and the walls of the city are protected by people who are using black powder weapons. I'm I'm sorry for what happened to you. That sounds really, really hard, but it does seem like you've made something that can be used in the same way as sort of taps or as multi-pistol is. This right here. My intent was not to weaponize it. I don't want to make weapons. I just want to make... Something safer. Will it be weaponized? I mean, every invention worth anything in our history has been weaponized at some point. That's inevitable. But it wasn't my goal. I just wish all these blasted politicians, businessmen, weapons manufacturers would just leave me alone and let me perfect the damn thing. It's still a little unstable. There's still some calculations I need to change. It's, it's even more powerful than... It should be. I, I still can't count for that. Indeed, the irony of the a very potent tool being discovered in this part of the world and the, the people here and what they will do with it. It's it's not lost on me. As Saruk is talking, he's making his way over to the walk-in to start digging through the onions. Yeah, Saruk, you know... I mean, he was speaking of safer and safety and safe. We got a whole 
gang of people chasing after us. So if he wants to continue to be safe, we need to chop, chop. He, he does head over towards you to help you uh, go through the, the cold storage. Um, and he does indicate that it seems that she says she left it in the onions. So there's like a stack with like a couple crates of onions. And they were frozen yesterday and like a day of this like heat and not being frozen anymore. They're starting to kind of get a little blackened and the smell in this walk-in has gotten pretty rancid. And uh, the onions are no longer like hard and frozen at least. So you, as you reach your hand into the roof, you can feel like the onions give a little more than they probably should. Majagua, thank you for these very efficient gauntlets. All, the last thing he says is, I had to make a choice. I had to give up my dream, marry the woman that I loved, or I had to finish what I started all those years ago. <sighs> Bolts, it wasn't easy, but uh, you know, when you know, you know, and... I don't regret my decision. I just know I will never stop questioning the what could have been. And um, at the bottom of one of the, the onions things, uh, your hand, Saruk, hits a cold metal object, like a ring shape. And you kind of clasp at the bottom and you pull it out. And you can see a silver engagement ring pulled out from the bottom of the onion. I'll pull it out, clean it off with something at hand. Love is important amongst people of my faith. If, Assuming we get somewhere where we can sleep without being shot at tonight. If you want to talk to me about it later, I, I'll listen. Passes the ring over. He does take it and like looks at it. Old-blooded, right? I'm a bit confused. Is there pyre? Is that made of pyronite? Is there formula hidden inside the ring? Rafi, is anyone outside? Would you go check the windows, please? Uh, he's like putting the ring in his like inner pocket and just shaking his head towards you, Rafi. <clears throat> right, right, right. Rafiqul is very conspicuously trying to keep his hand very far from his <laughs> pistol. I'll go with Rafi. Where where he's sure. going? Yeah, and and you know he's. He just kind of looks at you, Hal, and Saruk, and, and just nods and says, I know I can be hard to deal with sometimes. I just want to say, this means a lot. You keeping your word. Well, uh, love has a lot of layers. And so do them damn stinky onions, so we need to get going. <laughs> right. I mean, the youngins, Somebody they want to understand was. <laughs> um, Get out so yeah. of my swamp. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Ruffy and Anita are kind of walking back away from the cold storage, kind of towards. There's not really many windows here, but the like main window would be out the front door or whatever, right? So you guys kind of move away from that, and Ruffy's obviously agitated um, as the two of you walk toward the check on things. Fucking ring. That's what we came here for. It's important to him. You know, it's important to me. Our fucking lives. Did you see oh, when I shot a... that goblin? He was fucking on fire, and he just laughed. I can I can almost hear the laugh in my head right now. <laughs> That's all I wanted in life. Um, flashback, <laughs> black and white, goblin burning. <laughs> as it checks, alchemist fire at you. 
Yeah, doesn't it build our confidence though that you know Zofar was still alive? Right, right. But I don't know. I just don't fucking understand it. All pop like, sentimentality. The whole thing. What? Why would you want? Let me ask you this, right? Yeah, yeah. If you had to choose before this shit all started mm. between Blyther College and Maeve, what would you have done? I don't know. I know I want to be with Maeve, but I also know that I want to be a Blyther, so... I don't understand that. Why wouldn't you know? Blyther College is what you want. It's what you've worked your whole life for. Why is it yeah. that you'd be willing to give all that up for someone else? Well, you know, Maeve's wonderful, and and so far, you know, she's really the only person who's actually, apart from you and Kojak, she's really the only one who's given me time to try and understand. I don't know. I feel, I feel that with her, I'm not the blabbering inventor, Kojak's daughter. I feel like when I'm with Maeve, I feel that um, I'm like everyone else. And and at Bliffy, even though I'm with people that are, I guess, kind of like me, I have to always show that I'm better. Whereas with her, I feel that I don't need to prove myself because she appreciates me for who I am. Is that what love is? I don't know. I mean... The people that really loved each other, they died. That I would have known they died. And then the next... And then Kojak never really was with anyone, so... I don't know, I don't even know if I love Maeve. I just know that I... I like... Being around her. And I like how she makes me feel. That's the best way I could explain it. I'll just have to take your word for it. Right around now, at this part of the conversation, um, you hear something that, that makes your sort of adrenaline surge for just a second, Reficule, which is, as you're having this conversation moving towards through the building to go check the, the front of the, the place, you hear footsteps coming your way. The, the heavy boots and the jangle of spurs. Jingle, jangle, jangle. As it walks as it's kind of like heavy footsteps coming towards you out of that front kind of brewery room into the middle of like the, the, the brewery, the main floor where you guys are kind of having this conversation and you look up and it's almost like happening in slow motion. There's a figure that comes through the doorway. Yeah, there it is. There's a, a figure comes through the doorway wearing like a trench coat, a small shaped, almost goblin sized creature, heavy trench coat comes walking through that door and as they look up at you they throw off the coat and you see as it falls down not a goblin but instead boards. a leshy oh it's a cactus leshy oh fuck <laughs> it's adorable I'm it's the zombies it's the zombies it's the most dangerous kind of pickle <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, hold it right there. Reach for the sky. 
Um, and he's got a little monocle coming from him. He holds his hand in your direction, and you see, like, all the needles start to, like, point off his fingers. Like, he's using his hand as a gun and pointing it in your guys' direction. And um, at his side, he has a holster. And where a firearm might normally rest, especially on someone like Reficule, he's got a little wand tucked into the, the holster. Just dangling there in his holster. And um, he uh, his, his spines are thick and black. Um, and kind of around him, he's got two other, like, leshies that are kind of come through the door flanking him. And sitting right beside him is, about his size, a weird-looking um, creature. I don't know that you would recognize anyone that doesn't spend a lot of time in the mana waste would recognize. Hal, for sure, recognizes this, but he's in the other room, so he's not seeing it at this moment. Um, recognize the tail? Maybe you've seen Hal snacking on one of these tails once before, but it is this weird sort of, almost like a small drake dragon-like creature that is scuttling like alongside next to this guy. And the air like hangs thick and it's almost like a tumbleweed blows between the two of you here inside the brewery. And he's like, we know you have the alchemist. His crimes against the natural world are too numerous to quantify. For associating with so foul an enemy, of all things alive, none of you shall live leave here with your life. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> There's like a little cactus just talking, monologuing, and you're just like, who the fuck are you? I love it. Dewey Daystar of the Clearwater Cleaners will see an end to your toxic ways. And he slaps the little like drake on the butt and he's like sick him roxy so why this is happening right the conversation is carrying i think like hal and saruk and gattleby are having this moment and you hear this voice kind of carry through so you guys kind of meander out of the cold storage to see this kind of unfold but apparently this cowboy leshy and his pet drake are here to make you pay for your evil ways and we're gonna start a battle oh good what I'm so glad that the scout was scouting from the walk-in freezer. (laughs) That's true. That is true. I'm just saying Uh, it's good good timing because Raphael is going to shoot someone pretty soon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, So let's go ahead and uh, start that encounter. Theater of the mind encounter with the most adorable Leshy. We have to brutally murder. You don't have to. You just can't. We're just going to pickle him. I think by the time I get there, he's going to be dead. Forbidden pickle. Oh, no. This, yeah, uh, this is Roxy, the uh, Drake, who's like a small wolf-sized Drake-type creature. And Dewey Daystar, he's got like a flower for a badge and his spines. And yeah, so this this is the moment, too. This is obviously the figure you've seen around Gattleby's house in your scouting, right? Mm, Rough trench coat. Yes, yes, yes. So let's go ahead and roll initiative. Uh... You can take plus two initiative thanks to Hal. Thirteen. Terrible fucking initiative. I got a. That's a fifteen for Refi. I've got a plus. I've got a plus two from ten paces. Got it. So that already includes the plus two. Got it. Oof. Let me tell you all about my faith. And my faith that is so great, and I'll talk about that instead of doing a violence. <laughs> yeah, we're uh, we're in we're in it, guys. Off the bat. Winning initiative is oh, it's Dewey Daystar himself. 
the monologuing cowboy, I think he he takes one hand each way, and he basically goes like, pew, pew, and uh, he shoots his, well... Does he make he that noise when he shoots his spikes? Oh, he absolutely does. He goes, pew, pew. he doesn't have a gun, but he wants to. Yeah, you know what? He's going to do it. So first spine um, is going to target Reficule. Um, this is a ranged spined attack. I think you are in his first range argument, so he should have a penalty. He does have the range penalty, but he still hits you with a 24. That hits. Uh, so that is going to be... You catch uh, nine points as one of his black spines just boom right into you. Anita, his second spine on his other hand is coming your way. So he targets you with a multiple attack penalty. Uh, a 14 will miss. And then with his third action, he strides back onto the, the like, starts going like up the platform behind him. All right. Hal, from the back of the room, you are next. Hal looks up and sees this creature shoot at Refkule and he takes a cigarette out and he flicks it and then he will draw his Kopesh as an action and then move. And then I think he's going to do deflecting. Uh, no, he's going to do dueling parry as his third action. Plus two circumstance bonus. Alright, Roxy gets to go next. Roxy, from where uh, where she is, Roxy breathes in, and you watch as her neck puffs out, and she breathes like a dragon would. And she has a little barfing maneuver. It's not as cool as a dragon breath, because she just barfs up a ball of dirt. But the dirt clod flies across the room, and, and ends up uh, hitting a spot in the middle of this group right here. So Refi, Anita, and Wybert are all caught in it. Um, I need you guys to make reflex saving throws here. Mary Chrysler. Ooh, that's a good roll from him. You got to sit closer to your microphone. No, I, I bring the gate down. Uh, that's a 16 for Wybert and then an 11 for Anita. I'll use a hero point for use my that hero point. If you're in chat and you got coins, Anita would really like your hero points. Go ahead and use your hero point. Alright, so that would be a That's perfect to 25. Much better. So, you all succeed. No critical successes, no failures. You all take half of the 15 damage, which means you all take uh, 7 points of damage, of bludgeoning damage. And as the dirt like explodes out, the ground is now like rough. It's not difficult terrain, I'm sorry. It's just a pile of dirt. Nutrient-rich nutrient dirt barfed up at your feet her third action i think she flies she goes up and she goes and her little drake body flies and she flies like five feet this way so now she's she's like floating off the ground she's not touching it she's just floating there but she can't fly very far oh wow the next is the rest of the clearwater cleaners Jeez, this one this clearwater cleaner up here moves next to this door and then you watch as their hands kind of turn into like longish vines and they reach into that room and then they pull out what looks like a barrel of random cutlery and glasses that they found. And they use the like vineness to like whip it over their head and chuck 
chuck a um, a crate slash barrel your way, and this is the heft crate action that they have, um, which creates a five foot burst, which again lands in the middle of you guys. Oh, it only goes fifteen feet. I am wrong about that. Wow, that's terrible. Fifteen feet. That's that's nothing. Okay. They they make their vines long. They pick up a crate to get it ready for next turn, and then they move back into position here, holding a crate. We'll just say that they can't reach you. This other one does the same thing. They kind of pull their spear off their body, and they like detach their hands into vines, and the vines extend away from their body, and now they've got a spear held at like a reasonable length from their body, and they um. Hold an attack. They're, they're basically readying their attack for the next person that comes up to them for their three actions. But that's their turns. They don't actually do anything. It's more of a defensive position. Uh, Ruffy, it is your turn. All right. I will take my 10-foot step. Yes, you will. Can, don't you have to take the 10-foot step towards the enemy? Or no? Do I? Uh, I don't... Maybe not. It might be a different one. I know they're all different. That's, I think, the the drifter. Yeah, no, I think you're good. Just ten foot step, right? Yep. Sweet. Run away. <laughs> uh, also, use a free action to draw my pistol. Um, first action, I will uh, interact to draw the elixir of life that Anina gave me. Second action, I'll drink it. <laughs> All right, let's roll that potion in chat. Palad RPG gives Anita a hero point, so don't miss that one. You got another hero point for Anita. Four points of healing. And third action, I'm going to shoot the one holding the barrel. Alright. Make that shot. 19 total. That is going to be a hit. Ooh. For a grand total of two damage. The, like, leafiness, like, it blows through, like, a leaf that kind of, like, explodes off their shoulder. Not dealing a ton of damage, unfortunately, but they take the full two damage. But that is my turn. Anita. Alright, so I would like to give... I would like to spend two actions to give three to Ivert. So, for his first two actions, he's going to stride all the way from here till here. Boom! And then... As he runs up there, the one that's holding the action will now use the reaction. He held make- it? Okay. He did, yeah. Will now make the attack on Wybert. He didn't make any attacks, so it's a straight attack. Uh, that is a 16, which just clings off Woo! the edge of Wybert's armor without dealing a hit. And then... So that's two actions already on my end. Okay, so uh, first... Okay, so he still has one more action. I still have one more action. Uh, one more action to... Anita will take one action to go on overdrive. And then Wybert would use his final action to uh, try and hit this person. Well, let's make the overdrive roll. Okay. Use the overdrive action. Oh, let's you go. Have. You got it. Yes, sir. Yep, there we go. You Craft do have it on team. private. That's fine. Oh, it's on private? Oh, boy! A natural 20! Natural. I'll put it Wybert Overdrive. Wybert Critical Overdrive. Wybert Smash. Come on, Wybert. You're dealing the full intelligence modifier on all of your hits instead of half. Should be plus four damage on yours and Wybert's rolls now. Yeah. 
the wyvert smash that will be come on uh 19 to hit 19 hits all right so this fleshy tree will take 11 points of bludgeoning damage 11 points of bludgeoning damage is enough to completely just smash through the vine creature the creature like um as you smash through it similar to the leshies you fought before it explodes in an explosion of like energy that radiates outward that is right it does this 30 foot emanation of leaves and plants just like ex- like grow from the floor outward in a radiant of like wave it passes through the other two leshies each one of them get healed for two points of damage. And now, all of that is difficult terrain. Yeah, okay. That's the end of my turn. Don't forget to add the effect to Anita, too. Okay. You ha- you take the one that just says effect overdrive success, or critical success, and Wybert gets the critical one. Because when you do it, it affects both of you at the same time. Uh, Saruk. Mercy. Okay, so... Oh, somebody's god. 5, 10, 15, 5, 10, 15. I'll stride twice and... Oh, what is the most useful thing I could do? I'm gonna cry. Crying is the most useful <laughs> thing I Crying is a free action. It's a free action. Why, yes. Uh, I think what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna draw one of the minor elixirs of life that I have. As Saruk goes running, just pulls it from the bandolier and then takes like enough of a knee so he can drop it and there's not enough momentum that it'll like shatter on the floor uh, at Refi's feet. Okay. And that's three. I'm just okay. gonna give something to Refi. Hacha. Assuming he picks it up on his turn. Top of the round brings us to... Dewey Daystar. Ooh, my baby. Right. Dewey Daystar takes his his little, like, leshy hands, and you watch as he begins doing almost, like, this swirling movement. And as he does, in front of him, you almost notice, like, a small blip of water, like, just comes out of the air and just forms in front of him. And then as he builds it up more, it builds into a bigger, bigger water bubble. This is rare in this part of the, the world, but Dewey Daystar is literally casting a spell here in the middle of this room. Now, I will roll a flat check if we see if there's any kind of craziness that happens for him. He has an existential crisis. No, we That is a natural one. <gasps> My baby lives. So there is a wild magic, or sorry, there's a, a name for it. I it's, know, I hope. It's a... <laughs> Surge? What is it called? Something oh, the surge. Wellspring Surge. Yeah. Wellspring yeah. Surge. Oh, okay. come on! So, Have a mental something, breakdown. Something happened. <laughs> mental breakdown. Breakdown. Doing days. Yes! Positive energy oh, no. explosion. Positive mean. energy explodes outward, healing all living creatures for 1d8 hit points in a 20-foot burst. Undead take the damage. There's no undead. There's all, like, him and his allies are healed. Wybert cannot be healed by this. <laughs> yeah. Wybert's oh, not right. living. <laughs> so it bursts out but accompanying his magical blast is this burst of positive energy that is visible to everyone. And then he targets Wybert and he casts Hydraulic Push. Oh, I've heard of this before. But, oh, an 18 on the dice roll is just enough to hit 
Wybert, let me see. Uh, actually, because... Overdrive? Not the overdrive, but... Cover. Wybert has partial cover because he's firing through an ally. That gives him plus one AC, but that's still going to hit, unfortunately. It's still... Uh, just, just still hits. Okay. So poor Wybert is going to get hit. That is going to be... Uh, low-ish damage rolls. Nine points of bludgeoning damage. Okay. And Wybert is pushed back five feet. Okay. Um, and then with his third action, he draws the wand from the holster and gets the wand, like, in his hand. All right, that's his turn. All right. I think Howl's gonna move up. Got his Kopesh. He's gonna go five, ten. Just remember, the dark squares are difficult to rain. Yep. And then he's gonna go... Mm, five ten, yeah. I'm still gonna move up in twenty and do uh, okay. One more uh, dueling parry. The dueling parry comes up. All right, that brings us to Roxy. Roxy, who's flying now, spends one action to fly. Uh, uh, flies uh, ten feet forward, so he gets like right here, like next to to Hal, and then like turns on you. Uh, I guess technically. By doing that with his second sort of like he stri- he he did a stride right or fly which moves him two squares. Technically, this does provoke an opportunity attack. Yeah, let's do that. I'll strike him okay. with my copay. Yeah, yeah, take I- it. Come take on, it. Like, take that oper- attack of I mean, it's a it's a flying meal right in front of you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't let this creature get away. Don't let him get away. I'm gonna eat it or its tail at least. It grows back. I mean, here we go. Let's go. That is going to be an okay. 18. An 18 will hit. Now for six. All right. Six points of damage. Yep. Takes it all. So you smack Roxy. Roxy gets smacked in the air, but kind of like flutters a little bit. Um, turns on to you, Hal, and uses Draconic Frenzy, which means it makes a jaw strike and two wing strikes. So it starts with the jaw strike. That's going to be a 22. Mm-hmm. And that is a um, definitely a hit, even with the thing raised. That's nine points of piercing damage. Ouch. Then a wing attack. Uh, 19 misses because the parry gets up. So you get the, the Kopesh up into the little wing. And then its third and final attack is a 14 and just misses wildly. All right, that's Roxy's turn. Uh, I will say, like, you know, when a dragon breathes, usually you can see there's visual indications that it's, like, not able to breathe again, and this thing's chin sort of swelled down after it breathed last turn. At the end of this turn, you can see it's swollen again. The cleaners got the spear in their hand with the vine, with their hands like leshy vines. It's got an air reach, so it stabs Wybert from where it is. Okay. Melee strike. 19 will hit. Okay. And that will deal 6 points of damage to Wybert. My buddy's down. Oh, Wybert goes down. Oh no. Alright, Wybert's down. And then second action. I think with its second action, it just strides up two squares to block the door. And does nothing with its third action. Alright, Ruffycule. All right, first action. I think Reficule will interact with the Elixir of Life. Second action. I will drink the Elixir of Life. 
drink it down, roll better this time. I guess it, maybe it wasn't a terrible roll. Just roll a little better, maybe. Same roll. Same roll. Alright, four more healing. Third action. I will reload. And I think they're all too far for Reconter's reload anyway, so... Looks like they are, yeah. Well, no, the Drake's not. Does he understand language? <laughs> uh, You don't know. I'm gonna try it. You say you'll be coughing up lead, you damn fucking lizard. <laughs> what language are you speaking? I'll say it in common. Okay. It does not understand. But it was worth a shot. But you, you do at least reload, yeah. And that is my turn. Fantastic. Alright, Anita. Vibet's down. I would like to, because Hal's right in front of me. I was trying to look at the range for a short bow. Like, what's the range for a short bow? 60, I believe. 60? Okay. It has 60 increment, 60 foot range increment. So what that means is 60 feet, within 60 feet, no penalty. 60 feet beyond that is like a minus two penalty and so on and so on. So you can shoot pretty far. Okay, perfect. So for my first action, I would like to stride right here. And that would give me like 40 feet between me and Dewey. And then I would uh, draw my short bow for another action. And then try and hit him. Go for it. Come on! Boom! That would be... Oh boy. Whoa! What's that? A 25! It's a hit, but not a crit, actually. Okay, but I have overdrive. You do have overdrive, for sure. So that would be... Not much. Uh, seven points of piercing damage. Nice. Uh, that's all my three actions. I'm so ludicrously curious what Overdrive looks like on the girl from the steampunk setting who has a bow. We haven't really seen it successfully go off. This is the first time, so what does it look like? I've always imagined Anita's uh, Overdrive to look as if she's Loki electrocuting herself whenever she clicks the heels of her blast boots. So whenever she goes on critical Overdrive, Especially, you can see the the tips of her hair kind of, like, standing up. It hurts, but... Is that adrenaline pumping? <laughs> now yeah. I'm more concerned and wish I hadn't asked. It's the <laughs> That's it for my turn. That's gonna bring us to Saruk. Okay, so I think I'm going to, as I begin to move into the mucky muck... Construct! There are leshies in the brewery! Defend the place! And <laughs> I'm gonna... I'm not gonna move into the flank. Yeah, actually, I, w I was thinking about this. So let me. So when you have like an animal that you command, there is a, a commanded animal, right? Mm -hmm. I think this this construct has got to work similar. Only instead of a nature check, it's got to be like what a crafting check or something. If you want to give it commands, I don't know. It's it's defending Gattleby. It's it is definitely defending Gattleby in there. And here I thought I was going to have all these nice, higher-than-my-level things to walk around and break the encounters with. I don't know. I think there there can be that, but it has to be, like, a trade-off on actions, right? Horse noises. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my fucking God. So I'm not going to move into the flank, because the move into the flank would tick me over into two strides to get there. Oh, okay. So I'm going to move there, and then I'm going to just hit this dude with my teeth. Yeah. So much. Yep. Bite, bite the dragon. Oh, mm. Mm. 25, 25, nice. a hit, but not a crit. Nice. 
I think that's the right improper all damage. Yes, four piercing. All right, takes and the four piercing damage. Then takes I'm all of it. Check the turn order. I'm gonna step for. Well, I can't because it's difficult terrain. The difficult terrain. You can step. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. I'll try it anyway. Get the flank to the fire. And I'll do it. Okay. Uh, back to the top brings us to Dewey Daystar. I think what he does now is he, he casts another spell. Uh, I will roll another d20 with a BC5 flat check. Uh, this one goes off without a wellspring surge. He casts Magic Fang on himself, which basically turns one of his unarmed strikes into a striking unarmed strike, and he picks his his ranged spine attack, which is an unarmed attack. So the, the spines on the end of his hand start glowing a like with a little bit of like energy and they look scarier now and then uh he uses his action to fling one at fling one at how that's a 18 which misses because of the dueling parry you're doing catches the spine knocks it out of the air i think maybe it should have hit i gotta check that's fine uh, that's his turn. Uh, how? So, DM question. Chirp on a sure. flying creature. It's a thing. Okay. How does it interact in the rule? Tommy, do you know? I think they just fall. Unless they have something, like, that's magically holding them up. Then if it's a critical success, he takes 1d6 bludgeoning. But I'm going to strike him with a snagging strike first. Okay, yeah, go ahead and make that attack roll. With my Kopesh. Where is so I'm gonna hit him with this. Yeah, if, you, if you're flying and you're knocked prone, you fall. Yeah, okay. <sighs> Natural one. Probably not what you want. I'm gonna use a hero point. Use that hero point. Reroll and keep the new result. At least it's not gonna be a worse result. Fifteen, even with the flanking and everything, is um is not going to hit. So your first strike misses. Snagging strike. I'm gonna Map attack it with a snagging strike. Damn. 11's going to miss as well. I'm going to think I will use dueling parry as my third. All right. All right, guys. Shake out the bad rolls. Let's go. Yeah, get the bad rolls oh, out. Jesus bring up, bring up. We need, okay. If you're in chat, send some positive energy. Put in chat that you know the good rolls are coming. You have a hero point. So Albert. send some hero points if you got chat. Oh, I watched Twitch. Oh. Who chatted for the first time earlier is given Halbern a hero point. Can I use it right now? Right now. You can. You can use it on that second strike. This one's for you, iWatch Twitch. Let's go. You made a hit, because that is a MVP, hit. MVP, iWatch. MVP. Thank you, iWatch. iWatch. Alright. Six. Six points of damage, and Roxy is now snagged and flat footed. Yep. And uh, that's my turn. Roxy is going to fly because you didn't. You just it's just snagging strike, right? It's not like a grapple effect, so it can just fly away. So it flies ten feet over and up, right? So it flies up, so it's now you know ten feet over your guys's heads. I'll mark it as ten feet in the air. And as it does so, it turns and spins around at you, Hal, um, and it is going to reuse its uh, dirt breath and hit you with a pile of dirt. I need you to make a reflex saving throw. 
You got You're this, Hal. Dirty bastard. And maybe an attack of opportunity. Oh, yes, yeah, true. It is an attack of opportunity because it flew up. Good call. So Rook gets a hero point for missing because I missed that. And Hal, you get an opportunity attack as it flew. It, it, it did. Let's go, not 20. 25. Oh, not 20. Not a crit, but it is a hit. Hit, not a crit. Bro, come on. Good enough. Five points. Five mm-hmm. points of damage. Okay, it's it's getting wounded. Your 25 is a not a critical success, so you will take half damage on the bludgeoning damage. Uh, 10, you take five points of bludgeoning damage. And that is Roxy's turn. The Clearwater Cleaner. Well, it's going to use two actions to heft a crate. Oh, it's only 15 feet, right? Mm-hmm. I think... Let me, let me look at this verdant burst. There's nothing that says that the Leshies are not affected by the difficult terrain. But the Leshy is also affected by it. Okay, good to know. So the Leshy will move here and heft a crate 15 feet. Basically right next to you, Hal. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be another reflex save for you. Oh boy, uh, natural 20. Natural 20. Let's go! I like to imagine crate flies your way and your dueling parry just like cuts it in half as the crate like flies past you across the room and just doesn't affect you at all. It does create a difficult terrain around you, but it does not affect you at all. So that square is now difficult terrain on top of difficult terrain, but it's not greater difficult terrain. I think it's still just straight terrain, so we're good. No, it, it canceled each other out, right? But that is his whole turn. Uh, Reficule. Let's go, Refi. Come on, Refi. Alright, I'm going to... this creature and keep his tail. Really don't fucking like lizards. And I'm gonna shoot. You haven't eaten him. You gotta eat him. You love him after that. Yes, you did a little last time. Yeah, you're good. Mary Chrysler. (gasps) 19 is a hit. I'll take it as a hit. That's fine. Not pressing your luck. Oh, man! Oh, no! (laughs) The DM it. It's got tiny little flaps on its wings, and the two the rip a hole, and it does two points of damage as it's like fluttering a little like awkwardly now. I'm gonna change my dice <laughs> after this turn. Uh, yeah, that was, second, that was just your first action, right? Second action, I will. Uh, too far still. I'll yell out again. You flying little shit! I'm gonna tear, shoot you out of the fucking sky. And use Reconter's Reload, and this time in... What's that language that I speak? Kalesh. Okay. Unfortunately, still does not understand. I'm just person at it. <laughs> um, <laughs> third action. Uh, do I take the map attack? Shoot up! Technically, even if they don't understand your language, it's just a minus four penalty. You can still make the roll, right? We haven't. We didn't make the roll last round. We might as well make it now. Yep. All right. Come uh, on. Nah. Fourteen minus four, so ten. Uh, no, not enough. Can do it again. Um, third action. I'm going to aid the next attack with a faint attack, and that's my turn. Another whole two points of damage, and now I'm going to change my dice. All right, Anita. All right, I would like to hit Dewey again with my short bow. 
Okay. Alright, let me, uh... Do I roll my faint attack? Yes. Damn it, Danny. Shoot this damn lizard. It's just really jacking all of us. Nah, not enough. The lizard? Alright, I'll do it after. <laughs> Alright, let me shoot the lizard. <laughs> then him. Uh, 13 is going to miss, Dewey. Alright, I have a question. So, I have my blast boots. Is it possible that I activate it and I try and jump on top of this lizard so that he's not flying? Ooh, you want to jump and grapple him. Wow. Yeah, like, like, uh, yeah, like, jump and then land on top of him and then, like, pull him down while I'm doing it. Yes, so I will Amazing. totally allow this. It will be... You know, you're activating the blast boots, and then it's going to be a grapple attack attempt. Assuming your blast boots succeed, right? It's going to be a grapple attempt against the creature. Yes. So I'm grapple gonna is an attack, and you've already attacked one, so it will be at a minus five a penalty. Map. Yeah. Right. Yep. But they, but you can absolutely well, try. I this. have a hero point, so I'm going to try and like. Yeah. Okay. It might work. I hope so. So do oh. I roll for the long jump first or the high jump first? Yeah, so put put what the blast boots say, right? You can do a high jump or a long jump without a move, right? Yes. I don't have to move. Okay. Hold on, let me try and put it on the Yep, track. you don't have to there do the go. move. You just do it, right? So, yes. so I do a long jump. Because this would be a long jump, yes. Alright. Uh, so long jump, it's a... The DC of the athletics check is equal to the di total distance and feet you're attempting to move during your leap. So your leaping towards him is 20 feet and he's up. We'll just call it a DC 20 athletics check. DC 20 athletics. Hang on. <laughs> Let's see what, what Annie's chances are. <laughs> uh, all right. If I move in closer, the DC would get lower, right? It would, yes. Okay, so I would... Use my second action to get in closer. Yeah. <laughs> For the flavor would you of have it. a third action then to then grapple him? Because it's cool, I will allow it to all take place as one action. Because cool. It's cool! Really wow. cool. So, we'll say you get under it, so it's, it'll be DC 10. Alright, so DC 10. Okay, and then that doesn't include the grapple yet. Then the grapple okay. will be against his, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's a 17. Yeah, no problem. 17. You leap up. That's a success. You create some maximum horizontal. You leap up. You jump up. You grab this thing. Or you get up. Your boots go off, right? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Right? You fasten these at the beginning of the day to the bottom of your boots. Explain what it looks like to everyone. All right. So I run. And then as I run underneath this, what is this? A lizard. I click my bulls towards the toes because the heels are for the overdrive and then with the toes you see Annie suddenly like bend down on her knees spring up and then hope for the best as she gets shot up by her blast boots there's a flavor in there where the color of the smoke is blue and not just some normal gray shit awesome and go ahead and make that grapple attack so it's an athletics check against the fortitude dc of this creature you do have you do have map on this grapple, so that's minus five. I'm pulling for you. I me, me as well. <laughs> chat, but preemptively put Chris All in right. chat. Come on, mm -hmm. spirit energy. Hey. Seventeen. Nice. Seventeen is nice. Okay. 
It is nice. It is. Unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, that does not... You get up there, you get on it, and you start grabbing no. at this creature, and you look for, like, a moment. Everyone is, like, amazed at how good it is. And then you start, like, slipping off of it, and then yeah. um, you find, like, you're hanging by its, like, tail, and you can't... It's just too slippery. And it, you, like, drop, and you land back on your feet, unable to uh, maintain the grapple. Uh, it was oh, a unfortunate. failure grapple. Not the most athletic person. It was surprisingly tough. Its fortitude save was much higher than you would thought. This lizard, maybe because of the mana wastes. Damn. I like the effort, though. That's it for my turn. Both reactions. Take a hero point just for awesomeness. Uh, even if it didn't, even if it didn't work, take a hero point. Through. Thank you. Okay. Well, you know what it is. Untap, upkeep, draw for turn. I'm gonna devise a strat. I think I'm gonna take yes. that. Yeah, twenty-four. Yeah. Devise that uh, strategy. Second action, I draw my mace multi pistol in its range mode. What a twenty-four. <clears throat> Excuse me. What is twenty-four hit? Uh, twenty-four. It's your ring increment is close enough. Yeah, twenty-four is a hit, not a crit. Nice. Okay, gonna turn on devise a stratagem. Gonna do all of the things that are. Man, why wasn't I worried about fucking prairie lizards? I could have done that for free. <laughs> Boo! Eight damage. Nice. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, eight points of damage on Roxy takes the full eight. Still hanging in there. This is a, a pretty good solid hit, but Roxy is still kicking. And that will do it for me. Good turn. Was that all three actions? Yeah, that was devise a strategy and draw my weapon. Oh, you had to draw. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're right. Better than two points of damage, so. Better than two points of damage by 400%. (laughs) Running laps on someone. All right, top of the round, Dewey Daystar has the wand in his hand and takes the wand, points it at the drake, and, like, fires it. And as he does so, he's going to search. Well, we are going to roll Spring Surge. Oh, whoop, that was a harm spell. Eat shit, friend of mine. Come on, come on. What's uh, that is a Wellspring Surge. Let's see what happens. Fireball centered on self. <laughs> <laughs> Raw Unleashed Energy deals 2d6 per damage per spell level of the Surge in a 10-foot burst, including him. Oh, nice. So on himself, right? <laughs> Fireball centered on self. Boom, right? Anything 10 feet within him. Uh, gets hit by this uh, basic reflex save. So this is not look. I mean, it's not great that he's hurting himself by casting. Oh my uh, god! Twenty five. It's a critical. Don't you critically succeed against your own bullshit? It's definitely a success. I don't. It doesn't actually tell me what his spell DC is. What the? It, what, I guess it'd be his spell DC, right? So yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a success, not a critical success. He takes half the two d six damage. He rolls really good and takes oh, five points of of uh, energy damage. Raw energy, just energy damage. Okay, whatever that means. Um, and as he does, um, he casts a... Um, I just want to say, imagine if that had happened to Hal when Hal put that hat on. Instead of the existential <gasps> crisis, just... <laughs> That's fucking Yeah, dead. we were all like on a table. No, we would have been... Crap that on, crap on. <laughs> like my so he's got to move closer to make this happen, but he's able to do a, um, it's a second level heal spell. What? Question, DM. Yes. If he had moved closer to do that, 
Technically, his friend would have been in that 10-foot burst then. You are correct. The best kind of correct. I will make a save for that friend. Uh, 12 points of healing to Roxy. And I will make a reflex save for his friends. Yes, kill your friends. Oh. Uh, 13 is a fail. So he takes a full 11. 11 points of damage and almost like wipes out his friend in one blast of energy. The, the shockwave, just like all the leaves like fly off. Shit, that's a lot. Good call. I, I hate to point out, not to be Baylor's advocate uh-huh. here, but dearest Wybert. True, Wybert is already dying. I don't think he takes saves when he, he dies, right? No, not really. It's like, it's more of I have a minute to get in there and quick repair him, so I'm trying to kill this dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's he does the normal not quick repair, let me repair. Yeah, it's like if he takes damage again, then it gets broken to the point where he was after the like the rusties. Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, what type of damage was it? Energy. It just says energy damage. Energy. Does it repair him? Like give him a boost? Oh God. <laughs> I will look it up. I will. I will look it up while you guys go do your thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely look it up uh, because if it is the thing where he takes damage and can break, break, then he will be broke, broke. Um, okay, so that's Dewey's turn. Uh, Hal, I think Hal's going to stride over here. Knowing, not knowing whether it's going to, if the system's going to know he's 10 feet off the ground and I'm going to strike at him with a snagging strike. Okay, bring it. All right. Snacking strike. Let's go. Eyes, that's what we call in the business a natural 20 and a critical hit. Let's go. Let's see those crits in chat. Crits in chat. 20 points of damage. Yeah, you (laughs) completely snag Roxy, like, open and gut Roxy, who then (laughs) explodes her guts down in a shower on you and Anita, and Roxy squeals as she falls to the ground dead. I think Hal's going to quickly pull his roach granola bite. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And use it. Perfect. Four points of healing. Seems to be a theme tonight. Yeah, right? If we ever needed a natural 20, it was (laughs) that. Okay. Uh, stride, strike. Could I have drink in it right now? Because I'd only have to pull it out, right? Yeah, you'd have to pull it out. Yeah. So you could eat it as your first action on your next turn, I guess. Um, I would probably do snagging, or the dueling parry, actually. Okay. So I dueling power, parry instead of the heal. Perfect. So that brings us to the clear water cleaner. They stride forward the 20 feet of movement they can, and then they chuck a crate at you. Or grab some kind of nearby debris and heft it in your direction. Reflex save for Hal. 13 is actually a success. It's not too hard of a DC here. So you take half of that. You take four bludgeoning damage from the crate this time. Drop that five foot burst. It makes a little more debris. Um, Okay. Uh, That's its turn. Reficule. I was aiming at this damn flying lizard. And I see Hal just slice it. Oh shit! Oh fuck! And shoot the other lashy that just threw a crate at Hal. <laughs> okay. That's a twenty-eight. Uh, twenty-eight is what we call a critical hit. Let's go. That's more Ooh. than two points of damage. Twenty-five points of damage. Yeah. yeah. Those gunslingers. 
completely eviscerate eviscerates Let's this go. thing. Doesn't stand a chance, but it does have a thirty foot emanation of energy that shoots out, making the room even more covered. As well as healing one d four hit points for two hit points healed to Dewey Daystar. The whole room is now covered in like these vines, these like leshy vine blood and stuff. But it leaves just Dewey. Sweet. Mm, it's too far for Reconter's reload. I'm gonna start making my way. Making my way. Making my way down south, over where the bread oozes were. That's 25 <laughs> feet with the difficult terrain that I'm in. That I was in. And then for my third action, I will just reload. And that's my turn. That brings us to Anita. Perfect. So I'm gonna try and hit this fella. Come on, Dewey, die! I'm kidding. I'm gonna hit Dewey with my short bow. That's gonna be a uh, 19 a hit. That's a hit. Nice. All right. That he's gonna take uh, seven points of piercing damage. Perfect. Uh, so that's for my first action. I'm gonna map attack him. Actually, how's seven? Ooh, actually, I'm gonna tell how to get closer to me. All right, I'm gonna map attack him. Okay. With, with my short bow again. Uh, uh, that's a 15. 15 will miss. Alright, so for my third action, I am going to drop my short bow just so that my hands are free for the next round. Okay. Isn't that a, isn't that a free action to drop something? It is a free action to drop something, yeah. Oh, is it? Alright, so free action to drop something, third action, I'm going to pull out my healer's tools. Okay. By healer's tools, you mean... Repair kit or healer's tools? Healer's tools. Okay. Because Wybert's still good. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Okay. Uh, Saruk? Yes, he's, he's back. back. <laughs> okay. Give us a sign. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh... Where's the cross? Yeah. Where's the cross? <laughs> I don't know. I've been looking for it. I'm, fuck, I don't want a goddamn 13. Strategy comes up with 13. Hey, Great. Uh, yeah, God, why not? I'm going to use a hero point. Yeah, hero point it. Let's go. Damn Dewey Daystar. All right, 22. Uh, I'll take a 22. I will interact to reload and third action. He's in just barely the first range increment. Presuming a 22 hits him. Uh, it does. Nice. And we're going to we're gonna get him for five. Mm. Okay. And that's five me. points of damage on Dewey. All right, comes back around to Dewey's turn, and Dewey, <laughs> he's like coughing up like sap. <laughs> you evil doers, I'll die protecting this world. And then, boom, boom, uh, spine shot. So first spine shot will target Saruk back. No, no, that's not the sound he makes. Oh, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Defending this place. Pew! Pew! Uh, first Pew! strike is a natural 20 on Saruk. Oh, boy! Power Fuck. of the monologue from the villain, so that's a critical hit. Oh, good. Fuck. Okay. That's actually 18 points of piercing damage to you. That's much more than 8. Oh, my. 
Yeah. There we go. We finally got the damage right. That was a crit, and he had cast Magic Fang, which gave him striking weapons on his unarmed strike. No crits uh, in chat. It looked like you took 28. <laughs> I put minus 18. I don't know why I did that. I was. It looked like you said minus 28. I was like, oh, God. So that's the first strike. Second strike targets Hal with its uh, map attack. Uh, 13 is going to be a miss. And the third one is going to be against Anita with a big minus penalty. Oh, However, uh, uh. the monologue power kicks in, and that's a natural 20 on Anita. That misses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's enough to make it yeah, a hit, and then that bumps it up because of the roll. So that's roll All critical right. damage. Uh, nope, that's not the right. Why is it? Oh, because I rolled the melee one. Sorry, it's the range no, one. Don't, so don't take lower damage. And said uh, 22. Ooh. So I take 22? Take 22 points. Okay, hang on. Let me heal first. <laughs> heal this head. And then I'm gonna just pass out right away because I had 21 hit points. All right. It's a bad job. Anita. Anita goes to uh, a movie. Why did I Yeah, you go to Dying One. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings us to Hal's turn. I mean, the power of the monologue, you get two natural 20s in one turn. I think I was yeah. going to stride up to here and <clears throat> snaggy strike this guy. Yep, that was two strides, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Running through <sighs> through the, like, the, like, foliage. Foliage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get right up foliage. on him. Come on, Hal. Okay. Uh, 16. 16 is a hit. Bro, why can't mm-hmm. I roll better than one? That's five. Sure five is. points of damage, snagging strike, so you like kind of use your free hand to grab him. As your hand wraps around him, one of his spines goes into you. He has the spiny body passive. You take five points of piercing damage to your arm and hand as you grab the cactus. Okay. I don't really grab him, but... That is... Well, say you take... Well, it's, because it's a snagging strike, I'll have you take half of the grab damage as a uh, trade-off. But it makes You're sense. right, you don't grab, but it's, yeah. So we'll do half that, yeah. Two points of damage. Um, but that was Man, all three action. Uh, Reficule. You would definitely have cover from where I am, wouldn't it? Just a plus one AC from through your allies, yeah. Don't worry, if I get murdered by this goddamn Cactuar, I'll come back as a halfling and I won't be blocking line of sight anymore. <laughs> it's all right, I'm going to stride. Uh-huh. Target. And fire. I, I reloaded last turn. Okay. No re- no uh, intimidate then. No. He did the... I just, the I lizard cool. that didn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just... I just was... Like, this would be a good time where reloading before the shot would actually be beneficial because then you could say some shit to him right for you. Right. Uh, I've never heard the saying, a pew for a pew. <laughs> a pew for a pew. <laughs> pew! Oh, that's the opposite. Uh, I'm going to use a hero point. Yes, you are. Heisenberg just gave Saruk a hero point. Gary Chrysler. We're now digging into our alts for hero points. Right. 20 is a hit. (laughs) That's funny. That's That's a little better. Six points of damage. That's better than two points of damage. The bullet... Boom! Whizzes. I think you blast him in the hand, and like the wand flies out of his hand. He's barely, barely hanging on to life. All right, third action. 
I will use Reconter's Reload to say, you'll die protecting nothing. You'll die for nothing. Make that intimidate. That demoralize. Make him cry. He's, he's just in 30 feet. Yes, he is. Ah, 14. Mm. 14 is not enough to crack his resolve. He is a zealot. <laughs> That's my turn. Alright, Saruk. Goddamn cowboy druids. Okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm gonna stride over here. I'm gonna get off the ruler's hole because that's what heroes do. I'm gonna stride over here, interact here, grab a potion, and I'm just. I need his down. It looks really bad. That's not very good. So, gonna. Mm-hmm. I know how to do this. You can just roll it. Yeah, just re roll the healing, and then. Yep, yeah, so Anita, you get two hit points back. You are back to. Ah! You're, you're wounded one, but you're alive. Mm-hmm. Prone on the ground. Um. Mm-hmm. Just trying to keep my body between Captain Kaxuar back there and my friend who was hurting, and that was three. Yes, it was. Um, but up next, because you got knocked down, Anita, at the top of the initiative, you go now. Okay. Uh, where are my healer's tools? Can I grab them real quick? Yeah, you're lying on the ground. The healer's tools have fallen out of your hands, so they're on the ground next to you. Okay, so one action to grab him, second action uh-huh. to stand up, third action to do battle medicine on Saruk. All right, make that medicine check. Medicina. This fight is much tougher than I thought it was going to be. Can you good. fucking imagine if we did this with the squatters? That's and uh, 13, but I would mm, like to right. use a hero point for that one. All right, use that hero point. Pretty please. Come on. Did it do it? Ah, uh, heck. It's 12. Fuck is- no. Still not enough to do any healing, unfortunately. Uh. <laughs> Don't worry about me. Worry about you. No, that's it for my turn. That is true. All right, mm-hmm. Dewey gets another turn. I guess Dewey, as he's coughing up, he's got like tons of sap. You can just see he's like breathing heavy. He's he like I like looks you up in the eye. How? Well, we all gotta go sometime. I think he looks past you and past like the group towards the cold storage where you can hear Gattleby whimpering and uh, f- starts full sprinting towards the cold storage. Now, this does a trigger an opportunity attack, but he's about to make a break for Gattleby. Any hero points to channel, I'll take it. I'm going to swing at him. As he runs, like the spine rips out of your hand. Ow. Blood dripping down. Make that strike. No, that's another crit. That is a critical. <laughs> yes, come on, help. Gonna roll that damage and end. Come on. Any points of damage? Do we daystar? Oh god. Um, <laughs> one HP. He's running towards Gattleby, and like Gattleby's eyes are wide, and like whoom, the Kopesh comes through as he like splits in half. A burst of energy like comes out. This time it's like cactus spines. The whole floor is covered in like cactus growths that shoot up. And um, as his body like explodes, his little like holster pack flies off and like a little slip of paper flies up in the air and like flutters and just lands like in the middle of the room. And then I think I would say, uh, all right, I got you. I got you. And I'll run our tour of the group and then I'll start. Cutting off the tail of the lizard. 
Yeah, uh, you have up to like a minute to get to Wybird. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I I pasted it. I posted it on Discord. It says when your construct reaches zero, it becomes broken and begins sparking, and might be destroyed if I don't repair it. So technically, when he hits zero, he wouldn't have been down right away. I still would have had had a chance to repair him, but I didn't. <laughs> Actually, this... I think he just sits there until you repair him like a normal dying person. Okay, okay. okay. Um, but then, but if he if he breaks down again, if he hits zero again in within a ten minute period, he's. Yeah. So uh, I don't see anything that says like there's a one minute window or anything. It's just if okay. he, does, I don't That's see just that in my head. Yeah. So I think I think you'll get to get to him. Um, and I think I think so you know this fight went longer than I really anticipated. The number the dice were not in your favor tonight. Uh, Captain Cashmere sure. came in hot. Yes, Both arms mm-hmm. blazing. The camera fades in. We have the entire center of this brewery covered in vines and small bulbs of cactuses that have grown out from these dead leshies. Um, the little satchel with the paper that floated out of it flies off of Dewey Daystar, lays in the middle of the sort of newly formed jungle. Anita is quick to sort of repair Wybert and get him up on his feet, um, no longer in the broken state. Uh, You're licking your wounds, and in the midst of all of that, there is a startled Gattleby currently being defended by a construct in the other room. Uh, Kind of like... Bolt, is it all clear out there or what? What was that? What did you do? I bring what remains that I can pick up safely of Dewey Daystar's now just cactus form and set it down. What did you do? I've never seen this guy. I don't know. I mean, nothing. You haven't committed any crimes that those who adhere to the tenets of the natural world might have got a little upset about? Well, I mean, of course, but even doing anything gets their thorns riled in a bush. I don't know. I mean, I once ate an apple. I'm sure that qualifies in his eyes. I don't know. It's broader than that. I I think Saru just pinches the bridge of his nose, (laughs) walks back out into the center room that I definitely know the name of in character, but I'm brain farting, sets down against the wall and begins setting about pulling the spine yeah. out of him. Is there any? So, uh, Miss Mendoza, while I take this here lizard tail for some breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and maybe some more breakfast and lunch, think them, uh, Pickle Ricks over there got some money in their pricks, prickles? Pockets? Yeah, I wanted to check. I don't know what you'd say. We should also look. Maybe there's some paperwork in Dewey's um, pockets or body that would allude to where else he's from. But yes, I'll look. There was some sort of paper uh, that flew up as Hal what? slashed him through. What? Annie, I saw you going down. How are you doing? Yeah, I, have a, I just have a massive mm. headache. But apart from that, I just eh, nothing that There's a good night's sleep can get Ref- rid of. Yeah. Ref- Refuel. Mm. Is is Annie okay? <laughs> <laughs> she got a, a pretty prickly criminal, but uh, 
They definitely were not smooth. <laughs> no, out comes the thing. Oh, you guys. Where's that damn Gattleby? Why? He's he's poking his head out of the cold storage looking in your direction. I told you I didn't know the bloody fella. Rafu look over towards Saru. So in that moment, is he being honest? Just gonna roll the thing. Uh, just is he being honest? Hacha. Uh, as best as you can tell, you're pretty confident that he looks as caught off guard and flustered by this as you are. When he says he genuinely doesn't know what this guy is talking about, you see no signs of dishonesty or deception. Let it go, Refi. I'm as angry as you are. For a ring. You almost went down. Annie went down. I'm bleeding. Hal's bleeding. You mean to tell me that's not a good enough reason? I do. If you need help, come here. I will help you. And motions to uh, everybody else simultaneously. If there's value in it for him, and that was our job, then so be it. Then turning back to Gattleby, next time, I, I understand you've hired a bunch of people who you don't know who are hired is a strong word there. You know what I mean. If you can be a little more direct, things like this won't happen. Just a, hey, by the way, go dive down in the onions. There's a ring. It's really important to me. I appreciate the thinly veiled, sarcastic attempt at telling me what's what. However, I had no idea where it was until we showed up and she told me where it was. So how am I supposed to tell you where something is if I don't know myself? I thought she was just going to hand it to me. How did you know she I sort of arranged the meeting. I told her, this date, meet me there. I want my ring back. I didn't I didn't know there was gonna I be see. some What the fuck did he say? Cleaning water or some shit? Don't worry about it. There was clearly a miscommunication significantly higher up the chain than you. I we are tired. Are you ready to leave? Let's get out of here before more cactus cowboys show up. Shit. Is everyone else ready to leave? Ruffy strides up, walks over towards Saruk and Gattleby. He takes a step. You can like see like a step back. <laughs> I step forward more and just step around him into the cold storage room. And you just hear shit fucking flying and breaking. Gattleby looks well. a little relieved that it wasn't focused on him. That guy's got a lot I'm of layers to him. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Somebody who... I didn't see who did it, but somebody looted uh, Dewey, right? The thing is, like, as you... The note that you see in his stuff, like, kind of that, that kind of got... It flew up and impaled on one of his, like, spines as he died. And as you, like, pull it off of him and just take a glance, there's a note written, presumably by his hand, and it just says, Lovey. I guess I'll say it like Dewey would say it. Lovey. Gattleby suffered a terrible accident. Yours, Dewey. Yes. Pew, pew. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that, that was the note that he had written on his body. Saru, give me a perception check. Just a general perception check. And you can include your lead on this. Nice, I will. Hua. No. Yeah, 
thesis statement of this evening. Meh, 12. A 12. I think a 12. I said a DC 10 for this sort of in, uh, internally, so you still hit it. I think the thing that catches you the most is the, the word lovey. The way it's phrased, you kind of feel like it's more of a... It's, it's referring to a person's name. It's not just like he's not writing a, lo- a letter to his like lover or anything. Lovey must refer to a person as what he called them. Would I consider that as Angelique Loveless because her name is Loveless and it's Lovey? That is a reasonable assumption to make. Would you like to think that? You can think that on your own. If you want to give me an active role and see what the rules tell me, you believe you can do that. Yeah, I think that, but I would like to get confirmation right, make a, if that is an actual yeah, thing. Make a, make a I'm, I'm going to reach really hard for criminal justice <laughs> lore again. Oh, that's just the name. Yep. I mean, you have seen suspicion in the back of your mind, but uh, you've never heard cool. anyone call her lovey before. It's not a, a nickname that you maybe have or that she usually except me. But there's a good, except, except for maybe you, yeah. We don't backstory spoilers. Come on, but uh, mm. but fucking apparently, geez. this is the case where um, there's that thing nagging in the back of their mind that maybe, just maybe, it was meant for like this. That's no, it was meant for Loveless. It, but if it was, what does that mean? Unfortunately, they're all dead, so there's no one to ask questions to, and so we gather up. Uh, Gattleby, and we gather up the rest of you guys, and we make the sort of there's where there is the, the sort of beeline back from the brewery back to the barrel and bullet saloon. And I think along that sort of path, there's um, a sort of lingering moment where um, Anita, you kind of like stop for just a second and look, and just two blocks from here is your old house. It's, a, it's not directly on the route, but you're not far from home. And I think you maybe your mind wanders for a moment. I keep to myself for a bit while we're walking. Okay. And with that, um, we uh, arrive back without incident at the Barrel and Bullet Saloon. Early enough for the bar to sort of not be in a full swing yet. We're still... Some early patrons, um, drinks are starting. Um, immediately seeing you come in with Gattleby, Gattleby's like, what kind of shithole is this? Where am I supposed to do my experiments? Uh, starts immediately, like, looking around. First thought in his mind is he needs to get back to work. Um, Dunce. I mean, maybe before you do, you can uh, go ahead and talk to your girlfriend's daughter. Phoebe's over at the bar looks over phoebe sees you guys um immediately like looks at you nods sees that'll be gives you like one of these like head shoulder things and motions you towards the room that she's always using for you guys to have your sort of secret meetings away from the crowd turns to like fauceteer and, and says i'll be right back disappears and opens like a side room so the five i guess the six of you can kind of come into the uh into the secret room closes the door behind you. Before we head in, I take Rafi to the side and just ask, I don't, I don't sound like him, do I? Like, am I that annoying? Like Adelby? Yeah. 
No, right? No, he's much more of an ass. I mean, yeah. you both have the same kind of attitude toward work and everything, don't get me wrong. But, uh, no, I don't want to punch you, but I definitely want to punch Gattleby. Alright. Stop me if I stop... If I start sounding like an ass, like, let me know so I can stop myself. I don't want to be like that. Oh, don't worry. I'll let you know. All right. Thanks, Sophie. And then I limp into the room. <laughs> right. So uh, Dunsmith kind of like looks. Uh, Bashan Gallaby. We haven't had the pleasure of meeting. And she reaches out and shakes his hand. I, I uh, am hoping that my associates managed to get you here without incident. And she kind of questions herself as she sees how bloody and beaten everyone is. What happened, guys? Are, are we clear? I mean, who did this? Was it the powder keg punks? Saruk will unceremoniously slide the note over. Lovey? Who the fuck is Dewey? Inconsequential, did he say, though. Yeah, he's did a he prick. say anything? <laughs> who does he, he work for? Just, just he, Dewey? He, he said clean water cleaners. Um, he's fighting for the what? The sanctity of whatever? I know, he sounds like a zealot. But clean water or clear water? Clear water. There was some blood in my notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's not in your notes, it's actually in your eye. Oh, <laughs> right. Fuck, I need to sleep. Clear water cleaners. I mean, they're, they're kind of a big deal. They're, they're definitely higher on the totem pole than the powder kick punks, that's for sure. Lovey, lovely, lovely. Isn't it loveless? Yeah, it must be right. I mean, it certainly makes sense that this is the kind of people that Muglin would hire. Did he like show up? Yeah, was he trying to capture Gattleby? Yeah, that little prick showed up. Wanted Gattleby to have an unfortunate accident. If that is loveless, I don't think Muglin's behind this. What do you mean? At least not Clearwater. Muglin. Wouldn't want Gattleby dead. Not yet. Not till he has everything he wants. Unfortunately, you're too valuable to kill quite yet, Mr. Gattleby. Thanks, I guess? Hmm. Thank Tuss over here. Uh, thanks, Tuss? My name is Saruk. You're I, welcome. Uh, Saruk, I really... I'm sorry that I put you all in danger. I didn't no, I mean, let's just be honest. They would have attacked us no matter where we went, right? The detour didn't really, isn't really on me, right? I mean, if anything, it's kind of on you. You were there to protect me. Professor, yeah, that's I wouldn't, line. you should stop talking, really. Now is not the time. The next time you need to get a hold of people to do things like this, the more information you can give them, the better. It, had we known, we could have done things differently, and it probably still would have happened, but it could have happened on our terms. Listen, for what it's worth, you did great. Double thumbs up. Oh, God. There was a Here sort of... I just twitch. If there was a sort of, like, review system, I could go on and share my experience with you Professor, all. Professor, could you just I... shut up? <laughs> Phoebe's trying to say something. There's something about Loveless and maybe Mugland. 
You're here. You're safe. Could you just, for a few seconds, shut up? Just a few seconds. His jaw is like open, like he was going to say something, and he sees this person, and he's only known you in the context of schooling, right? Watching you talk to him like this has like just dropped his jaw. Like, believe it or not, shuts up and just sits, like, puts his head and like looks down. All right. The whole time, right? A Phoebe's been very quiet, like looking at the note and like kind of mulling over what you said, uh, Reficule. I'm just, if this was Loveless and Mugland, it almost looks like our friend Dewey here went a little rogue on this. And he, she slides the note to you, Reficule, right? Like, why would he have pre written a note saying Gattleby had an unfortunate accident? Maybe, maybe Dewey here had his own plan for Gattleby. That could be. But, uh, maybe you used your connections on high and your little network of whispers. Maybe this note gets, uh, gets out into the world. Right? Whether it was loveless or not, maybe we make it seem like it was loveless. Yeah, perhaps, uh, you just start, uh, Distributing that around to the pickle party. What was his name? What faction? What was it called? Which one? Clearwater Cleaners? Oh. There there you go. Clearwater Cleaners. Pickle party. <laughs> I was thinking a bit higher on the totem pole as uh, you were talking about, Phoebe. If Muglin wants the professor over here and he thinks Loveless is making a play on her own, Maybe that could be to our advantage. Driving a wedge between the two. Easier to take them down apart than together. I like the way you think, Refi. Have they always had a history together of like working together, Loveless and the Clearwater Cleaners? Or is this the first time? To be honest, I'm kind of caught blindsided here. I know I've heard of the Clearwater Cleaners. I don't think there's any known association uh they fancy themselves as like nature's law keepers mm. so maybe there's a maybe that's what angelique was able to bond over their mouth i'm not sure at this point the thing that she could use to manipulate them yeah that tracks but i don't suppose all of our mice are collectively hovering over our underworld. <laughs> uh, might there be something we've heard now that the adrenaline about is the uh, the Clearwater Cleaner mm. specifically? I mean, you can go yeah. ahead and give me that underworld lore check. Would Alcastar lore <laughs> suffice yeah, as well? So. I think it'd be a slightly higher DC than underworld lore, but definitely in the realm of possibility. I'll let this be the the lead that replaces Gattleby. Oops, I should have done that private. Oops, I rolled it. Ooh. Straight up, but that is a natural 20. I can star lore. I found the ghost. <laughs> nice. Crits in the yeah, chat. let's put crits in chat. You so, Hal, you think back, and I think in your experience, in your connections with like law enforcement, I think that there is a history, at least a very passing connection, not something you had normal contact with, but you'd heard about 
sometimes shield marshals would pass cases off to the clear water cleaners. I think maybe one time specifically you did see a specific instance where they did sort of say, Hey, we know there's a person we can't get them legally speaking. Maybe you should take care of it, but there's a catch here. The clean clear water cleaners only take a specific kind of job. They only target pollutants and alchemists. They have a grudge against them. There was an alchemist yeah. in the past that they worked with. The, these guys are kind of like bounty hunters. Like <clears throat> the uh, force is usually a little too busy. So they give uh, a little, hey, can you track down this person, that person? But oddly enough, it's like people who, I mean, and he looks around and thinks about the black lung that Saruk mentioned earlier and says, they just trying to clean up like pollutants and alchemists, people who dirty or even more dirty. I, I guess it's like the APA or something. I don't know. I suppose it tracks. I think also um, they're not doing a good job. Thinking yeah, about it. They, yeah. they kind of are. I think in the instance, that case that you heard of back in the day, there was an alchemist that they were tasked with Basically, they were asked to bring him in, but in their mind, they brought him to justice, which meant all they brought in was a corpse. They were told, they were mm. asked to bring him in alive. They decided this person needed street justice. So they, they yeah. fancy themselves a bit above the law in a way. They, they think themselves more important than maybe they really are. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they get leads from the law. And they take it a little bit too far. You know what I mean? They're, uh, I mean, their name is cleaners. And well, you know, probably nine out of 10 times they actually do some cleaning. If you know what I mean. Indeed. So good thing uh, your professor there got himself uh, with a group that could take care of him. Miss Mendoza, because had we not been around, he'd have been floating down the Estrati. Phoebe looks at Gattleby and says, this still is, early. This is very important. I need to know, Professor. Is there a copy of your formula out there somewhere that somebody could find? And Gattleby kind of like laughs. I've only got it written down in one place. The old noggin. And he knocks on his own head. That's the only copy. I wouldn't write it down. Not until it's Perfect. Phoebe is like, all right. Guys, I think we've done it. This is a celebration time. She stands up, like from her chair, which skids backwards. She's like, Gattleby, Vashon, you stay here. I have a secret room I can put you up in. No one will find you um, until we figure out what we're going to do with you. The four of you, assuming this hands out, I think this is going to be the end of. Our business. Job well done. Job paid. Let me go get you your payment and uh, a bottle of whiskey to celebrate. And she, like, leaves the room, leaving the five of you in there. Like we're free? Uh, rescue. Yeah. What is it, Hal? Do you have any more of that whiskey we found in uh, an old place? You know what? I've got a few bottles up in my room. All right, let's go. Why don't yes. I... Uh... 
bring it down here. Maybe we all have a drink away from everyone else for a moment. Okay. Yeah, that would Hopefully. probably be best. And I'll go get the bottles from my room. Mm-hmm. I have, I think, three left. Yep. I'll bring, I'll bring two down. You're bringing it back to that like secret meeting room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you you man it right outside the meeting room. There's a staircase up that goes to, like the rooms. They're able to pop up, get it, and get back before Phoebe's even done in the back room taking out your guys' payment. Offer Graficule a old dried out cigarette that I got out of what's his name's place and hand it to him. And We're all light it. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'm sorry, miss. What were you going to say? No, I'm just thinking, are we under the assumption that the Clearwaters are, was hired by Loveless and the Powder Kegs were hired by Moglin, so they're working separately? The way I'm tracking it, the Powder Kegs were just an implement of chaos and destruction. The Cleaners, on the other hand, were the, the, the element we couldn't have known about until right. it was too late. All right. right. Yeah. Muglin wouldn't bother with people as low as the powder kicks. They're not, like as Tuss was saying, too chaotic, not reliable enough. Muglin likes results. Yeah, them cleaners, they do, uh, I mean, like I said, nine out of ten times, they don't bring nothing back but a corpse. So, I mean, mm. your professor would have been floating. Well, actually, he would have been dead and shot up, and I think field full of tricks or cacti, whatever the hell that shit is called. And uh, they would have brought him back as a pincushion. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. It'd have been a pincushion and they'd have brought it back to whoever was. But, uh, you know, Loveless has a nickname, Lovey. I'm not sure if it's very popular or well-known, but could be. But, you know, nah, you know what? Now the more I think about it, not a lot of people call her Lovey. Well, I hope You not. called her Lovey? Oh, no. you did! Is that was that reserved for people that was just close to her? Oh, what did you do? Oh, look at how he's great. So you can know he's blushing. <laughs> uh, Rafi's just pouring drinks. Yeah, do you pour one for Galaby? He's Is still, he still in the room. He's still in the room. Yeah, he's been quiet since the need sort of mouthed off to him. Hey, uh, there's a workshop right next door. By the way. That's true. Just tell Goblin that Phoebe sent you. He'd be alright. F- Maybe he'll get his ass kicked by the Goblin. I feel like Phoebe's somebody... I wouldn't want to cross if... Uh, you know what I mean? She's... Uh, I, I probably should wait Especially since you didn't marry your mom. There. But, uh, what my just- friends are trying to politely say is... Get the fuck out of the room. Just please leave. <laughs> right, right. Uh, thank, thank. He's like standing up. Thanks, thanks. Back and towards the door. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> door opens, closes. He's gone. Just the four of you. Didn't even realize he was still fucking in here. <laughs> I know he wasn't saying nothing. Just sitting in the corner, kind of like he did on that bridge. Just kind of hunker down and didn't say shit. Hmm. I mean, so what now? Do we go look out for this? Uh, cleaner group. I mean, Phoebe said we're pretty much done. I think we can get more information from her. Like, what do you mean? Like, we're done. We got Gattleby here, but I know. We, like, are we free? We head out. 
Yeah, I want to make sure every hook is out of me before I assume that I'm actually free, but... I mean, if so... I'm not free until Loveless and Muglin are dead. I'm with you on that. Maybe we need to go out and take a look at this cleaner group. If that actually is a note about Loveless, then my that's the end of my path. Well, not really the end of my path. My end of the path ends with y'all smiling, drinking some more of this whiskey, sitting on top of in a gesture towards the sky side of the city up on a loft somewhere up there, looking down on this place. Hmm. I mean, we'll see. But I definitely, if Lovis is in between here and there, then my path lies that way. I'm just worried that with the powder kegs, we might have like another um, deterrent in, in this whole goal to bring down like Loveless and Mugland. Like, I don't know why, but it's just... I can't, I can't explain it yet, but I feel that if they're too chaotic, I don't think that they would have had it in them to just go after Gatlby because, just because, right? Like, we know that they're fanatics of the other powders, but if they're that basic, I feel that maybe someone pointed them at the direction of Gatlby. Are you sure? I mean, look at the stuff they know. Like bombs and stuff like that. Could you imagine if that was filled with pyronite and we went through that bridge? What would have happened then? That whole damn bridge would have blown up. There would be no bridge, indeed. I see where your head's at, but I... I don't know. It feels like Mm. reaching. I mean, but if we're done here, I mean, we can't hesitate to go ahead and follow those leads and see where they end up. And hell, if these are just fanatics and they just want more boom, then we know that that's why they're uh, after Gattleby, but I think these cleaners a little more sophisticated than that. That's true. I could just be paranoid too. You? Oh, come on, Miss Mendoza. Yeah, that will happen when a cactus spine the size of my thumb goes into someone. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that is valid. I've got a question. Let's just say purely hypothetical. That's a that's a word that Annie taught me. Oh, you're smarter. Than <laughs> yeah, Ruffy. Oh, you sell yourself short. Uh, I'm really not with a intelligence of eh, 10 average. (laughs) (laughs) Now that there's not these spines flying at us, adrenaline's going down a bit. I had a question. I don't mean to interrupt, but I'm going to. Like, you take me as the guy who lives between a 6 and a 10, and you never get really down to a 2 or maybe even a 3. I'm sorry, is that a local euphemism? I have no fucking clue what you're talking about. Like a friend Reficule here. He says now that adrenaline's kind of settled down, but he always, I mean, he's kind of, I look towards Anita, he's he's got an itchy trigger finger, and he's usually between a 6 and a 10, like 10 being, I'm going to just go crazy. Oh, uh, hmm. And you never really get down to 2 or 3, do you? Ah, well... Let's just say most people that I knew that got down to a two or three are like our pickled friend there. Oh, fair enough. Indeed. Please, go ahead. But, uh, I was just thinking, if what Gattleby says is true, and the only place the formula is in his, is in his head, was Mr. Dewey 
really that wrong. I mean, Anita's got a copy of that, like, early on. The prototype could theoretically be developed. So, let's say we, we burn that. And let's say, hypothetically speaking, of course, Tusks. There was no more Bashan Gattleby. No more Pyronite. Wouldn't Alkenstar, wouldn't the world be a bit better off? He talks of not wanting to make it to hurt people, not want not that not being his goal. It's what people like Muglin and Loveless will do with that. I've seen it. I am it. I'm sorry, what? You know, Refkill, one thing you share with Loveless and Muglin and not coming down from six, sometimes you're a bit of an ass. Just This is objectively true. And we'll circle back to what you just said, but if Gattleby meant what he said about wanting to use Pyronite strictly for the betterment of sentient life, then Majagwa, forgive me, he should grow a spine and learn to defend these concepts and learn to apply them. Because, okay, let's say we never existed. Gattleby's dead in the Ustrati. The formula is burnt up somewhere. I give it like five years before someone else in this city or another city or who the fuck knows where invents something else. It is the nature of humanoid kind to want to progress things. So, no, I don't think it would be the better idea to just off him or some devil's advocate. Now no one gets the big shiny thing. Whether or not the bad people get it, it the problem is good people don't know how to use it. I think I would reach over and, like, put my hand on the crook in Saruk's arm and then look towards Refugio and look back towards Saruk and say, as long as I've known Refugio here, He's been more right than wrong. What are you driving at? I'm not saying we should off the guy. I agree with you, but... I mean, we've been traveling around a few weeks together, and he's had some hunches, and he's had some ideas, and he's had some crazy thoughts that put him around an eight or a nine. But most of the time, he's, he's in the right direction. The right direction can still miss the target considerably. I agree. What would you do? Okay, let, let's point the hypothetical your direction. What's your as far direction? as I'm concerned, Gattleby's and you know, walking the other way down Main Street. He's behind us. We move on. If I mean, I look at the reficule and say, you, I mean, good luck taking that really young recipe she's got and getting rid of it. I mean, if you can sneak in a room, she's probably got an like burned into her mind with all them X's and O's and squares and stuff just like going through her brain. She she's smart enough. She can recreate that herself anyways, just looking at that thing one one or two times. I mean, we need to take what this is and, and y'all said you were set up by Loveless and I mean Refugio's got something here for Muggle and he knows him best. I think we continue on down that road and just let that guy go on his way, but don't I'm not going to ignore what Refugio's gut tells him. I think at the end of that sentence, the door opens and in comes um, Phoebe with a tray, uh, six glasses, a bottle of whiskey, and um, a huge like sack 
like tied to her hip. And she kind of comes in and like sees you guys in the middle of this like pretty intense heated conversation. What are we talking about? We're we're talking about your wonderful whiskey and all of the money we're about to get paid for our service to the great city of Alkenstar. I raise whatever I'm drinking yep. out of her. Dress. I see you've already star. You've already beat me with drinks. She has a bottle of the same Alkenstar. stuff you're already drinking. We're pre-gaming. Don't worry about it. It's been a day. Sets it down. Where the hell did Gattleby go? Next door. He's probably fighting with that goblin. Out back. <sighs> mm. Gonna get himself killed. Here. Immediately plunks down like four satchels of gold, one for each of you. That should be your agreed upon payment for services rendered of 50 gold each. That should hopefully make it at least a little worth it. And to a job well done. Uh, I have assuming Gattleby is here. He's safe. Nothing happens. We're good. We should be good. Glasses comes out. Shots for everyone. Hang around one more day. I'll get the yoke all clear. This time tomorrow, you'll be free. Unless you still want to go after Muglin and Loveless. I'm there with you. But we'll do this as equals, not as I won't have my thumb on you. Blackmailers? Sir taps his glass on the table in solidarity. To blackmail. Agree that. The blackmail. <laughs>